Today's episode is brought to you by Alliance Aviation. Whether your mission is flying in style to any of the circuits on this year's Formula One calendar or simply traveling for business, Alliance's team of aviation professionals is ready to get you from point A to point B. When you fly with Alliance as a charter customer, we deliver superior aircraft, fair pricing, and no long-term commitments. And right now, we have an ongoing promotion to save you 5% on all jet cards. Normally, a jet card can cost you $6,500 per flight hour, but when you use promo code POINTS, you can save over $8,000 per jet card. Use promo code POINTS and fly to the Formula One circuits in style at fly.flyalliance.us slash points. to the In The Points podcast, the fastest growing Formula One podcast on the globe, the only podcast growing at the speed of Formula One. Guys, it's been a crazy last two weeks schedule-wise. We didn't think we were going to record. We did record. Silverstone was nuts. It required us to record. Sam, you and I were live last week. We're finally back on our regular schedule, though. And Sam, Stefano, it's great to have you guys back on the podcast. I'm so pumped to talk Austria. Welcome back, guys. Thanks, Matt. Uh, F1 is cruising right now. I mean, two great races in a row. Another awesome one in Austria. I'm, I'm pumped to talk about it. I am pumped. The energy is explosive. Let's get right into it. Speaking of explosive, we saw a lot of smoke this past weekend. We saw smoke being uh, thrown around amongst fans. People were throwing smoke at one another. People were also lighting orange smoke up in the air. Even Carlos Sainz started to get into the mix when he wanted. He was losing out. He didn't. He felt left out of the party with all the smoke going on. That he wanted his car to start smoking, which was pretty cool for Red Bull fans. But guys, let's start first and foremost the Max Charles battle back on again. Not as crazy as what. We've seen in the past, but Chuck Leclerc, first time standing on the podium since April, the top step since April, Australia, his last race win. And he wins in Austria. And it came down to the wire almost if he didn't have those medium tires in that virtual safety car. Max might have caught him at the end, but Charles Leclerc back, back on top. Well, you guys must be pumped. Two Ferrari fans. You know, Sam, it's tough to keep track of who you're not a fan of these days. I feel like you're pretty much just rooting for everybody not whose name's not Max Verstappen. Hold on, so. Matt. Hold on, Matt. I, I got to stop you. I got to stop you. Before we dive into the winner, uh, we need you on record as a Red Bull and Max fan. Will you on record denounce the terrible behavior from the Max and Red Bull fans against the Mercedes fans at the Austrian Red Bull ring because it was repulsive what we saw this past weekend. What did you see this past weekend? Or we did saw you racism. Just, or did you we saw misogyny. You we saw, saw racism. You we saw, saw racism. We saw the burning of a Mercedes flag. We saw reports of girls getting their skirts pulled up, catcalling, racist stuff. I mean, just awful stuff by the Max and Red Bull fans. I just, we just need you on record. Will you go on record 
to denounce the awful behavior we saw from the Max and Red Bull fans? I mean, I, I, I it's think a yes I'm or no more, question. It's I a yes or no question. I think I'm insulted that you need me to go on record and denounce this. Like, I'm pretty insulted that you won't just go on record and denounce no, it. No, I'm pretty insulted that you think that I need to go on record as someone who's known me for the entirety, almost the entirety of my life, that you think that I, I would ever stand behind that. I, I mean... I am totally in the same ballpark as as Max Verstappen to quote him after the race. I don't think any normal human being should ever think or act that way. And they're certainly not a fan of Formula One if that's how they're going to behave on circuit. Okay, thank so, you. Yeah. That's all we need to hear. Matt denounces the terrible behavior from the Red Bull and Max fans. I think Max summed it up pretty well that anyone who would act like that is not a true fan of Formula One. It's not a true fan of any sport. And, Agreed. The and end of points, honest, boys, we do not stand for that stuff. For, for, I'm, I'm with Sebastian Vettel, and I call for lifetime bans for any fan found to be uh, behaving in such a manner. It's utterly recalcitrant and has no place in Formula One. Yeah. Now, I mean, on, the other, on the other side of the spectrum, we saw you know the big heart of Lewis Hamilton bringing a couple of those Mercedes fans that were getting... Um, taunted and called names, brought him into the garage. Nice couple moments there. Um, great to see from a real sportsman, uh, Lewis Hamilton, one of the goats. Yeah, I, I also think he he said it really well. Like you shouldn't be cheering when anyone crashes in the, both for him and qualifying and for the British fans. He denounced them too a week ago in, in Silverstone. So, you know, it's, it's too bad because I, I think, you know, sports in general are, they can be pretty polarizing in, in the fan bases. And, you know, I, I just think like, you know, the whole Max Lewis rivalry has been, I mean, it's been also a little bit manufactured from the media too. And like, you got fans that are on both sides, but you know, these all fans are starting to take things a little bit too far in all sports, you know, like, I mean, we saw booing and Max and qualifying in, in Silverstone. We saw cheers for Lewis crashing and qualifying in Austria. Like at some point you got to look yourself in the mirror and just be like, this is like, we love formula one, but if you're, if you're catcalling and you're like pulling skirts and yelling slurs, it's like booing or cheering for crashes. It's like, you need to get a grip. I mean, I I feel like the most of our listeners know that what we stand for and and our, and uh, you know, our morals and scruples now have never really been pulled into question. And it's honestly a damn shame that this podcast even had to address the behavior of any, anyone in that particular situation. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's pretty bad. It's deplorable, but, um, Let's, uh, yeah, I, I don't think that, I think that went without saying, Sam, I'm, I'm glad yeah, that you got me I'm on record. You. Um, you know, it's yeah, feels good you to on be record on record now. that I, uh, I am a staunch, you know, supporter of all people's rights. And I don't think that anyone should be treated that way in, in any walk of life. And, and yeah, in the words of Max Verstappen, nobody, no human being with a, with a brain should ever act that way. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think it's a right. shame that the behavior of uh, some of these fans over the past couple of race weekends detracted from such uh, such great racing on the actual track itself, because um, that's really what we should be talking about. Um, we shouldn't have to focus on the behavior of just some some narrow minded idiots, really, is what they are. Yeah, honestly, I, I totally agree. And speaking of narrow-minded, uh, so or sorry, not narrow-minded, Sam, back to the race recap. You know, you're a fan of pretty much, uh, I think you're a fan of the, at this point, you root for 16 out of the 20 drivers. I think uh, it's Max, number one, 
probably Stroll number two. Um, maybe just those two you're not a fan of. But your guy, Chuck LeClaire, big race win this weekend. You were holding your breath for the final few laps. You know, give us your reaction. You you were very down. You even tweeted a meme about the race strategist at Ferrari. You were down on them. What do you have to say about what happened this weekend? Well, you forgot to mention the part of the meme where I talked myself into thinking he was going to win again. Um, and it's, I didn't it's, forget that. It's sort of become like a, a cycle now for me where, you know, I rip them after the race because they do something stupid or have some sort of reliability issue. Um, and then I cool down. And by the weekend, you know, I'm just, I'm falling in love with the idea of Chuck Leclerc winning the race. And I did say at the end of last recap that we were going to learn a lot about Chuck Leclerc um, this weekend. And he had, he had the opportunity after all the crap that's happened to him the, the past few weeks to kind of like fade away, you know, maybe like a third or fourth. Um, or he had the chance to rise up and demonstrate the true heart of a champion. And we saw that. I mean, we, we probably got his best race start to finish of the year. Uh, he was, he was fantastic. And you know what? We've given Red Bull a hard time, but you got to tip their cap. They nailed the strategy, um, reliability, another, another story. Um, and, and two races in a row, you know, it's just, it sucks because they nailed the strategy, but you walk away, um, thinking, damn, that should have been a one, two. So it was nice that Chuck got the win. Um, it was nice that they got the strategy, right but it was still a bummer that signs DNF. Um, that was just a disaster and it, and it should have been an easy one too. They had the better car. Um, so it was another like bittersweet week. Yeah. It seems like no matter what Ferrari do, they just can't catch a break. You know, if they nail it, then some outside factor like reliability will spoil the party. Um, and Sam, I don't know if you, if you caught what uh, Leclerc said after the sprint on Saturday, but uh, he was really confident uh, after the sprint that he was going to have Max Verstappen on Sunday, he even said to the report, uh, to the pit, you know, we'll have him tomorrow. We'll have him. And lo and behold, easy overtake for, for Leclerc on Verstappen. He really, he really drove his heart out on on Sunday. I was really proud of him. The data didn't lie. Me and Matt were, were diving into it Saturday night. And we were talking about how I thought Leclerc was going to win the race. And, and I was trying to talk him into it. And there was Max had so much more tire deg um, on on his tires in the sprint. And you could kind of tell that as the towards the end of the sprint, Chuck was catching him. And if that had to go another like 10 laps, he probably would have caught him. Um, so you could kind of tell it was going to happen. It was just a matter of where they're going to nail the strategy. Um, and they did. So, yeah, it was. It was an impressive race from from Chuck. Yeah. I mean, that it was, was great. a little heart stopping near the end after um, Science did the Plan E for explosion because um, <laughs> Chuck had that throttle issue. I was convinced uh, that car was going to burst out in flames on the second to last lap. Convinced. I, I mean, that was the longest two that laps. Was the longest, of that was the season. longest, like what five six laps I've ever watched in a race. Because I I don't know how much Chuck was sweating in the cockpit of that car. But my, I, I went through like three or four shirts. We'll get into that. it later. But like, I didn't even know where anyone finished by the end of the race because I was so, oh, I was so concerned with just like, with, like yeah, with his truck across the <laughs> yeah. line. I was so concerned that his car was going to blow up that I had no idea what anyone else was doing or anything else was going on, like in the back of the pack. So it was, it was a, it was a while. It was like for as like a pretty like non dramatic finish. 
it was a super dramatic finish. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it was manufactured drama at the end of the race because of more Ferrari reliability concerns stemming from Carlos Sainz. Like, you couldn't help but watch what was happening in Chuck Leclerc and think that something was similar was about to happen to him. You know, I'm with you guys. Like, Chuck raced well, but, like, I wasn't walking away from that race being like, wow, he's back and dominant. Like, Red Bull lost that race. Red Bull lost that race. Like, it was very clear that... How? How? They clearly had way more tired deck and they had set up the car in yeah, a they got the strategy wrong position. at the start. They only got the strategy wrong because they knew after those first well, 15, 20 laps was, that they didn't have the faster car that day. So they well, had to throw something at something different at them. Well, they, didn't, they didn't mess up the strategy. Hold on a second, guys. Yeah, they didn't get the strategy wrong. They got the setup wrong. Like they they set up a car that had way too much tire deck and data for data, lap for lap, like they had just as fast of a car. They just wore the tires down so freaking fast that their lap times dropped off dramatically faster than Ferrari. But like to come back and say that the leaders of both championships right now, like didn't have a fast car. Like, no, like they set it up horribly. They could not manage their tires. Ferrari had a much better setup. They were much more suited for that track. But to like sit there and say like Chuck drove beautifully or Red Bull messed up the strategy. Like it's not true at all. Like they had suffered far more tire deck, and well, as a result, they had to they had a stuff. And as car. a result, they had to they had to try and figure out a way to out strategize and keep them back into the race because, like, they even knew it. They put on, I think, Max's third compound. They're like, "Hey, we want you to match Lewis." Like they knew it was like a foregone that like Ferrari was way better for that track. They had they could manage the tires so much better. They could last so much longer on them that like the race was like Sam you and I were like all right Red Bull on the pit wall looks too calm like what's going to happen here because they knew they couldn't win that race yeah they knew they couldn't but like to sit here and be like oh Chuck Leclerc like raced beautiful like yeah he raced well but like it's not like he had a great race race. I mean, he, he did Max. race a good race, but you're acting as if he was like the second coming of Christ. And it's like, oh, well, I, I, thought, with, okay. I, thought with his, I thought with his back up against the wall after everything that's happened the past few weeks, pretty much needing a win. If you want to keep any chance alive of being in the hunt and to go out and race that type of race with your what teammates, car, with your teammates car blowing up mid race type of race. He, is a, he, he, over, he overtook Max five different times. He overtook Max three times on newer tires, and we saw that, like those cars did it's not still fight. Max, dude. He wasn't just letting them buy. He had to fight him. Did you watch the same with, with his team? With his team? With his teammates? Fight him on the second stage with his teammates' car blowing up with the that throttle with of his car failing the last ten laps of that the race with to get to the to finish go. line. He raced a really good race. He raced a really he good race. Good I was very impressed with the race that he raced. I considering... was not impressed. Okay, well, he didn't battle Max. Max let him through. He had DRS no, he after didn't. No, turn three. He fought him. He pretty much fought him. He pretty much fought him every single time. Every single time. And what happened was Chuck was very patient. He could have dove through a couple different times and maybe um, caused a collision or something. He was very patient. Yeah, and, he was patient because he didn't need to make a crazy move like a great a Jedi. He, he raced a great race. Yeah, he didn't race a great race. That's insane. He raced a great he race. He had a better car. He knew he was faster. He didn't have to attack Max like in Jetta. Max knew he couldn't defend. We watched him. He just went right by Max after turn three. 
So he, Matt, that DRS, Matt. he flew right by him and he just kept going. And like they were on totally two different strategies. Like Max didn't even try and defend. Matt, like if you say, if you say Chuck didn't have a great race, what kind of race insane. did he have? What kind of race did he have then? I already said it. He raced a good race. He had good composure. Yes, Sam, his back was up against the wall. He needed a win so to keep I his drivers. Give him, I would give him like a like a seven point eight out of ten. On yeah, for that's like, a good race. That's not great. That's pretty good. That's, it for, yeah, it's for, good. For, for I keep saying that it's Matt, good race. He's not god. He didn't. Matt, god you have to contextualize race. this. If Hamilton won yeah, the race. No, this Stephen weekend, was right. You got to contextualize it. You got to contextualize it. No, I did contextualize it. He had, a, he, had a, he had better tire management. He had better pace on the same compound for deeper into the stints. He was able to last longer on the hard tires. He was overtook Max with ease. Max didn't defend him. He raced a good race. He didn't race a great race. A great race was what Lewis Hamilton did in Brazil last year. That was a great race. Well, you're talking about one of the greatest races of all time. I, I, like, I, that's I, stupid I to compare that's, it to that's, that. That's, yeah, that's, that's stupid that's, to compare to that. Yeah, that, it's can to Stefano's point. If you contextualize what happened to the Ferrari team and Chuck Claire over the past five, what, six, five, races. five six races, they won it. And for him to go out there and do that at a at a track yeah, that historically sets up great for Red Bull. I mean, come on, man. They won on, in Silverstone. What do you mean? What happened to them over the last four races? They no, won we're talking the about before. Charles. What happened to Charles I said specifically over the and past Chuck five Leclerc. races? Yeah, and they messed up his strategy. He, they both raced good yeah, exactly. races. Exactly. So for him to go out there, have the trust to get it, go get it done on a strategy that was different from his title rival. I mean, I don't know, man. I thought that was a. It was a great, great race b- for really, him. really good borderline great objectively race. Objectively good like, race. Give me a break. I don't think it was great. I think it was a good race. He did a good job. It was his to lose. No, Matt, you're not listening to me. It was a great race for Chuck himself. It was yeah. an objectively good yes. race on the whole for Fair Chuck. Enough. Given what he's been yeah, through I mean, over the past five Chuck's, over the past five for, races, it was a great result for, for him. Drivers yeah. Championship. It was great for him. But I just on that, to- on that topic, do you still think there's no chance he comes back and contends for it? When did I Stefano, say that? Steph, Stefano, Stefano, let me finish, Matt. Huh. You're on edge today. <laughs> Stefano, because you, you're on record as <laughs> saying you think this title race is over. Oh, I know. And I'll throw my hand up and say that I was wrong in thinking that, you know, Red Bull would go ahead and, and score a one, two this past weekend. Um, I think it's just my overly pessimistic nature. And just having like a just a gut reaction to just the, the shitty fucking form that Ferrari's been in over the past five races, excluding Carlos Sainz's win. I'm talking mostly about like strategy and tactics and things like that because they haven't really shown a lot there. Um, I think over the next few races going to the summer break, if if Chuck can win at least one of them, uh, it'll. I think it may go into, go down to the wire. They can make it down to the wire. For me, this weekend proved that he's not going anywhere. I think he oh, showed no. ball. I think he showed balls, no. and I think I think he will be right in it towards the end. I think he's got a legit chance of winning it. He and showed great composure in the yeah. last in the last few laps when his car was uh, having that throttle issue and rejecting downshifts when he was slowing down for the turns. Because with a lesser driver, he would have just put that wide into the gravel trap or into a wall or something like that. Yeah, he acted like a champion this past weekend, in my opinion. He acted like he had the heart of a champion. I, I yeah, was he, very impressed. He had the heart of a champion. I'll give you that. He yeah, there was a great champion. race for him. A great race for him. But there wasn't up against whole, the wall. There wasn't a whole lot of like dramatic yeah. moves or skillful overtakes for Chuck. 
but it was a great result for him. And he showed that he can race uh, Max Verstappen wheel to wheel. Uh, and can we can we give Ferrari some some credit? I mean, the, like reliability aside, can we give them credit for for getting the strategy right? Because oh, they I'll did. Them, I'll give them all the credit in the world. It. I'll they give them all the credit in the world plus, this plus. past weekend. Yeah. But they have to show for the remainder of the season that they can nail every single call. Step in the right direction, though. Yes, but we'll yeah. see. We'll see. We'll see in France what what happens. Because, like I said earlier, they do one thing right and they get pegged back like ten different things. So. You know, we'll see if they if they can maintain this this good form strategically going into France. For a team that uh, for a driver who has had his team be more in the way of his chances this season, and to compound that with before the race, basically saying we're letting signs fight you, he uh, he he put he flexed his muscles and he got himself out there and he got his elbows out against his own team. It's it's kind of tough, like fighting yeah, your own team there, for a while. I'm pretty sure there was a signs uh, Leclerc battle uh, over the first couple laps of the race. Sprint happened and I believe it also yeah. happened in the regular yeah, race. They, they 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 were they were getting a little little edgy between each other, which begs uh, not as bad was, as the sprint, though. That was sprint no, was no. Well, the, sprint, the, sprint was, the sprint, they kind of had to because you have such a small amount of time to try to make an overtake. So Apparently, there was a miscommunication with signs not realizing that Chuck was managing his tires those first few laps and wasn't going to actually go hard at max. And that's what and there was a miscommunication. That's why signs ran up on him. So interesting. But I but to everyone's point. Chuck kind of dropped his dick on the table uh, on on Sunday and proved he's the number one driver. And we're definitely moving in the direction of him starting to get um, the strategy decisions over science because he was he was nails on Sunday. Yeah, I'll say it again. Uh, I definitely want Ferrari to be more cutthroat uh, for the remainder of the season, because if they want a shot, if they want to give Leclerc a shot at winning the driver's title, they can't just hope that issues on track between teammates go away. They'll have to make a decision and make it quickly and make it decisively. Uh, otherwise, you're going to compromise both of your driver's races. You're going to compromise Chuck's standings in the driver's championship. And you could get overtaken by Mercedes if you make enough strategic blunders and enough indecisive sort of non-choices that they've made uh, over the past uh, 10, 11 races. Yeah, I mean... We said this earlier on the season, the only team right now, I mean, this is not no longer the case, but it still holds that will beat themselves is Ferrari. And, you know, Sam, I guess I go back to to your comments earlier last week, like you're a big Chuck guy. You want him to be fighting with Max. What do you have to say to Mattia Bonato of like, why are we letting Carlos Sainz, who's not finished like, four races, two of them his own fault, two of them his car's fault. He's well beyond his team and the he's like 30, 45 points back. We're more we're halfway point. Why are we still letting these guys battle? Like it's very clear who the number one driver is. You just said it five minutes ago. We said he was the number one driver back in like Miami. Um probably said it in Australia. Probably said it again in Spain. Probably said it again in Baku. Like, why are we hearing from the team boss that we're going to let these guys battle it out on track? Well, you're kind of burying the lead on that quote. Am I? The, the quote The quote was that they're going to let them battle out because it's too soon. But after summer break, they will reestablish 
a new strategy. And if one of the one of the other is clearly ahead of the other and in a fight, then that that driver will get the strategy decisions over the other one. And that is what my point has done the whole entire time. Let them fight now. It's too early in the season to to do that. But if a driver, a.k.a. Chuck, gets head over shoulders above the other one, then they get prioritized, which is going to happen. So uh, I actually agree with every single thing he said so far, which is rare because I hate the guy and I think he should be fired. <laughs> I oh, mean, man. at what point is it too early? Is it not too, is it not too early? We're, we are getting to a point where, I mean, we're halfway through the season now. We're halfway through the season. He's 37 points up on his own teammate. His teammate yeah, has to finish it's, it's a now. race I mean, in the top yeah. three other than having. It's now. It's now. And, and I think. I think he said summer break, which how many more races till summer break? Two. 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 So now France I think it should be now. Hungary, yeah, I mean, right? If it's France not Hungary, in two yeah. races, may as well be now. So yeah, sure. I think Chuck should start getting prioritized. No, they've got to, they got to put their chips on the table um, or cards on the table rather. Um, and really just hammer the point home to both of their drivers that, you know, one is going to get prioritized over the other. And that's just the way it is. That's reality. You want to win your first driver's title since 2007. Kimi Raikkonen. <laughs> uh, you're going to have to make the tough calls. You're going to have to, you know, risk some driver's egos. You're going to have to risk uh, a relationship between their two drivers. You know, it's not just going to be sunshine and rainbows and both of your drivers are like best buds. You know, you saw... Uh, Nico Rosberg and Lewis Hamilton hated each other. And that team was wildly successful because of the competition between the two. Uh, you saw um, Schumacher and Rubens Barrichello. They didn't like each other very much either, but Schumacher was just dominant with the car and Ferrari gave him the strategic calls during that era to ensure his success. Yeah. You know, you I just, go- at this point, like if you're going to be Ferrari and you haven't won in over a decade, you, you got to make you got to make tough calls. You, you got to make tough calls. To, you got to be you got to risk you got to risk some Matia happiness. Bonato has to suck it up. He has to be a man and he has to sit there and say Chuck Leclerc has in all the races that he has finished been well above on average 5 to 7 seconds faster than his teammate and he's yeah. the only one on that team that can battle it out with Verstappen and it sucks but Sainz has had 4 DNFs this year. And he's well far back. Like you do have to I'll put it to you this it's way. Time. It's time. It's time. I'll put it it's to you, I'll put it to both so, you this way. Last week at Silverstone with a broken wing and with equal footing as far as tires go, Charles Leclerc was faster than, than Carlos Sainz when Carlos was ahead of him. And Chuck was urging the pit wall to let him through. And the pit wall kept giving Carlos Sainz target lap times that he wasn't getting. Yeah. So, so there, if that happens again throughout the remainder of the season, and you don't make the call to just let Chuck through, he's not going to win the driver's title. Yeah, no, I think we're, I think it's time. I think they have to do that. And honestly, like, I think Sam, to your point, maybe if it was closer in Austria, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But I think at this point, like now, now is the time he, he's ready to go. Um, just quickly, I will say signs was really good until his car exploded. Yeah, yeah, he was good. He was right there. He wasn't anywhere. No, he wasn't. He wasn't on Chuck's pace, but he was. I mean, it wasn't. He wasn't getting blown out. But anyways, I agree. It's time. I'm totally with you. He he raced a pretty good race. I mean, he did get shown the black and white flag, but so did everyone this weekend. Which guys like? You got to talk about that. I I, I'm sick and tired of the stewards making races about them. I mean, listen, I get it. I get track limits are a big thing, but. 
but every single track there are a couple turns where their stewards are like ah track limits aren't like crazy like last year bahrain i think it had turned four they were kind of not cracking down but there are certain areas where like we're looking at this turn and they tell the drivers and the driver's briefing like this is what we're looking for every single corner in austria and there's barely 10 Every single one of them were all over. And I think, Sam, what was it, by like lap 15, Stefano, by lap 15? Like, I think like I half, saw half the grid six was drivers get double warnings on yeah. the team radio. And then like by lap 22, like four of them had black and white flags. It's like, guys, all right. And George we were, we Russell were texting back and forth, like, what the hell is going on here? George Russell complaining about the like track and like all this stuff. Like, I kind of like call him a baby. He is a baby. He complains about literally everything. But like the stewards were obnoxious, Sam. Like, I mean, another it's, race that was about the yeah. stewards. It was a it was a joke. And it was funny because like, they showed a replay at one point. I think it might have been of Lando or yeah, I think it was Lando. And because uh, I think he was one that got a penalty. And he it, like you couldn't even tell he went off. And he that's when he got the, the black and white flags. And it's just, I think it's just funny. It was almost like they were trying to prove a point after they totally blew the Checo track limits and during qualifying. Um, and they were going to make a point to catch every single one of them. But it's like, how do you miss the Checo one in real time and not get hit, not delete that time? But you're giving all these, these like, m- like millimeter by millimeters, black and white flags and warnings. It was, it was ridiculous. It became laughable. It was, I'm glad that they didn't. I feel like they kind of stopped. They gave like one or two penalties out and they really like relaxed on it just a hair because if they kept going at the same pace they were going for the first half of the race, every single driver on the grid would have gotten a penalty. Every single one. It was here's the thing. Here's the thing I have to say about that. The, the Cheka one, I, I didn't understand it because in real time, I texted both of you. It was incredibly blatant and yeah, it, it wasn't even close. It wasn't was even close. Over. And like his own teammate on his very first flying lap and qualify in Q1, like I think it was around turn 10, like millimeters, millimeters off the track, but off the track and instant delete, instant deletion, Lando Norris, instant deletion. Like these guys were like instantly deleting lap times and they had all of the end of this was this was Checo's last flying lap in Q2. They had like a six minute window between Q2 and Q3 that they could have said, hey, we took like a triple deep dive into this because we've been doing it a hundred times for the first two qualifying and said, hey, lap time deleted. Gasly, you're promoted to Q3 when they totally messed it up. But here's the thing. I'm totally cool with that strict of stuff in qualifying because you're doing a hot lap and you need to get like the most off the track. I get fine with it. Yeah. In the race, like we're talking lap three and it was like warning. It's like, all right, guys, are we serious? Like this is ridiculous. There are warnings when these guys are going off the track and not trying to overtake other cars. Right. right. It's like just if you're inconsequential go, if you're parts of the, the track to overtake a car, that's something different. Yeah. And you'll have to yield, you have to yield the position to the car you overtook. But when there's nobody around and you go slightly wide on a, on a turn well, and you also, have your lap time deleted, it's like, what, the, what the hell is also, this? Also this track, like, like turn four in Bahrain, you can go wide and get a much better lap time. Like you can get a lasting advantage because you basically have a ton of space to go wide with and you can take your car off and keep kind of going. In Austria, it's so tight. If you actually went like these guys that are millimeters, if they want one millimeter more, they're in the gravel. So yes. like you're you're basically on the limit. Just like paint the white line a little bit closer to the edge and keep these guys all in play. Like 
I didn't really understand it. I thought it was pretty stupid. Sam, your boy, Lewis Hamilton, was like, he came on the radio and probably one of the more colorful things to talk about. The only other time I've seen him, like, yell something, not yell, but speak that colorfully, and he didn't even say anything. He said, that's BS, was during um, last year's Abu Dhabi race where he came on and was all pissed off. Even Lewis Hamilton was like, guys, this is BS. Like, I'm keeping the car on the limits. Like, what the heck is going on? And it, it was crazy. And he raced a phenomenal race, too. Yeah, I'm sure if you uh, if you were cued into all the team headsets, you probably heard every single driver react that totally. way because it was it was silly. Justifiably. It was silly, silly. But Sam, speaking of your guy, I actually thought he got robbed. I think he got absolutely Lewis Hamilton this weekend. You know, he got absolutely robbed of driver of the day. I don't so, know how you give it to Mick. So his yeah, last name so, is Schumacher, dude. Well, no, but here, here's what I'll say. Mick's a perfect example of someone I just like didn't pay attention to the whole entire race. And then afterwards, like, whoa, he came in sixth. That was kind of crazy. Um, he moved up three places and Lewis took like seven to get I, No, hey, look, Lewis was my driver of the day by far. I thought totally. he was. He should have been I everybody's. Thought was, I thought he was phenomenal. Yeah. And especially... Uh, I thought Russell raced, besides the penalty, I thought Russell raced a good race too. I thought both Mercedes raced good races, specifically because you could tell they were kind of on their back foot with their car all weekend. After the crashes and qualifying, um, you know, Lewis was really outspoken about how much work his team had to do on his car. Like he pretty much had to, they had to rebuild the car overnight. Um, so I thought they were kind of on their back foot, didn't have their best car for the weekend. And for them to both, you know, finish third and fourth, Lewis got on the podium. He was, he was really, really good. So yeah, Mercedes kind of held serve there. They're, they're still not there yet. They're um, hanging in there though. They're, they're hanging, hanging in there. there. They're hanging in there and they're, they're they not far. They will win a race. Yeah, I don't know which one. Lewis but they Hamilton will win a race this year. I thought it was going to be Great Britain. I thought it was going to be Silverstone. Lewis is going to win a race, and Latifi's going to get some points. Um, Lewis Hamilton will win a race this year. Yeah, no, but yeah, they're they're still right there. Both drivers were good. You know, Mister Reliable, George Russell, great. I want to talk about George Russell real quick. I want to talk about before you say that, Stefano. I have one prediction. Mercedes will finish ahead of Ferrari by the end of the year, and the constructors. I totally disagree with that. Mercedes will finish ahead of Ferrari. Uh, Oof, that's a tough one because Mercedes has been very consistent. We just found out that Ferrari has to totally redo their entire floor by spa because their their floor is no longer compliant with. So is Red Bull though. Yeah, but that but they're the top two teams, and if Mercedes doesn't have to, like those teams losing two or three tenths, Mercedes is only seven less than seventy points behind from Ferrari. My point is, if Ferrari's floor yeah, is that dumb, is that important to their pace, and they have to change it's it to get it wrong? even more important to Red Bull's pace? I'm not saying I didn't say that Mercedes that Red Bull was fine. I said I think Mercedes is going to finish ahead of Ferrari. They might. I mean, they might. We'll see. I don't That's know. That's well, my bold prediction. Ferrari needs both cars to finish in the points. You know, if you keep having Carlos Sainz's fucking nice engine blow up over and over again, you know, you're you're definitely going to get overtaken by Mercedes, no matter how many races uh, Charles Leclerc wins. So you're gonna need uh, double points finishes from Ferrari from Sam, here to the end of the season. The other day, Lewis Hamilton is the only driver on the grid to reach a checkered flag every single race, and the only reason that George wasn't was because he did a sportsman-like thing to do and jump out of the car and help Joe in his crash, and would have gotten back in the car and brought it around to the pit lane. That um, transmission was fucked for yeah, George. Yeah, I mean, car. we especially There's this no year. No way he would have finished that race. Especially this year, they might not be the quickest, but there's a ton of value in being the most reliable car this oh, year yeah. and they, they are the most reliable car um, out there. So 
Yeah. I mean, look, it's not the craziest thing to say that they're going to finish ahead of Ferrari, but I just, I don't know. Something will have to happen with the floor. You're right for that, for that to actually happen in my opinion. Also back to, back to George Russell real quick, Matt. Uh, I don't think that was his fault um, with the incident with Checo. Me either. I thought, I thought it was just a racing incident. So I, I, I agree and I disagree, and here's why. Unfortunately, the stewards and the race directors have set a precedent in that specific corner so many times over the past yeah, no, few you're, years you're right, you're right. that that was 1,000% needed to be called. While I agree with you that it was probably more of a racing incident than like a, a hard and fast rule, they've they've set five second time penalties Albon and Lewis Hamilton like three or four years ago. Like I think yeah. Checo did it last year to Lando. Like same thing. Like that's just a turn that was like I said it to Sam in real time. That's going to be a penalty, even though it probably shouldn't be because they've boxed themselves into a corner and set a penalty on that turn. I, I yeah, like we're, we're like where here. else are they going to go? You know, we're uh, on the same page here. But if you looked at like the Gasly on Vettel, like that was like 10 times worse than yeah. the Russell on Checo yeah. one. Yeah. So yeah. it was just like, it, I think we're all on the same page. I don't think that was a penalty at all, but I don't you think knew, it would have you knew affected, it was going to be one. I don't think it would have affected George Russell's race that much if he didn't get a penalty. Did yeah, it I even still, affect his race that much? Didn't no, he I probably like would have finished ahead of Lewis. You think so? I think so. Who's the it better totally driver this year in the Mercedes? You say that again? Who's the better driver this year in the Mercedes, Lewis or George? Like head to head, if you had to like, not like head to head in result. I mean, like, who do you think both starting P3, P4 wins the race? Like, you think George is going mean, to blow I'll by never, Lewis? I'll never bet against Lewis. Yeah, I'll never I'll bet against Lewis. I think he has more podiums than George Russell this year. I think he does too. He's also yeah, had his yeah. worst luck in like. He's had yes, bad luck. For sure. He's had bad luck. I think luck. end of the year, Lewis will have more points than George Russell. I think you're right. Yeah. But George Russell, like, he's been great. He would have finished fourth. Regardless, he's regardless of whether the gets or not, like he's like not flown under the radar because we call him Mister Consistency and everybody does that. But like George is like for coming in as a rookie in in Mercedes alongside the greatest of all time, arguably behind Schumacher, he has been absolutely dominant this year and not going away. And the fact that I'm asking the question, who's better in Mercedes, Lewis or George, says a hell of a lot about George Russell's season. Oh, yeah. yeah he's a, a great year. Like I, said, like I said a few episodes ago, George Russell is going to be a world champion. No doubt in my mind. He's had a, he's had a phenomenal year. There, there's yeah. no denying it. Hey, yeah. hey uh, Stefano, do you still think that Chuck Leclerc leaves Ferrari after this weekend? Uh, probably. To go where? Sam, who do you think leaves first, Chuck Leclerc or Mattia Bonato? And when I say leave, like someone fires Mattia. Mattia Bonato. If they don't win either championship this year, Ferrari, I bet you you see Mattia Bonato. I was just going to say, I think he's gone at the end of this year if they don't win at least one of them. They won't fire Leclerc, but I could easily see Leclerc asking to to have his contract rescinded so he could move. To go where, though? Yeah, to go where? McLaren with his buddy Lando. I don't but think that would be us. such a downgrade in cars. Like he's not going to compete for a championship there. Uh, I'll put it to you this way. It all depends on what Lewis does at the end of the year. Does he stay with Mercedes? Yeah. Or is he, with that? He, he will. If, stay that's, if that seats opened up, then that would be the only way he would leave. Yeah. And uh, that's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. It all depends on what Lewis does. Sam, 
Let's talk for a minute about the return of Sam's bets. Get that cough out of your system. Clear that throat. Defino. We got we're in the presence of greatness. Sam yeah. took a Sam took a couple weekends, a couple lighter weekends, some some personal stuff for traveling and kind of hard being on the road and doing some of this, this the content stuff. You had a couple couple bets here and there, but nothing like we've seen in the Sam's bets where you were like locked in, fully loaded, ready to rock. Five and one this weekend. And the only reason you weren't six and zero again a late time penalty for Sebastian Vettel. I think him and and Alonso's late penalties, and I think Magnuson's up there too. Magnuson and then the reason too. you've not gone like undefeated on weekends, like what a freaking performance! Five and one, and for those people listening in, oh, he picks bad, he picks favorites, uh, minus. No, you lost one that was a favorite, and you won two that were underdogs, and the race winner was plus two fifty of Charles Leclerc, when I think Max was probably minus a million in Austria. Yeah, and I actually I bet Chuck three different times. I bet him at three fifty plus three fifty before practice even started. Bet him at plus three hundred after FP one, and then I bet him again the night before the race. I. I had a feeling the numbers don't lie. The data doesn't lie. I crunched the numbers. Yeah. And, and I've got nothing going on the next couple of weekends. So like nothing you tripled down on. Yeah, Chuck. I did. Yeah, I did. And um, you held that till the podcast to reveal that to me and Stefano, that you tripled down on him from earlier in the week. Yes. To then after. Like I said, I've got nothing going on the next couple of weekends. So I'm going <laughs> to nail France next weekend. Um, I'm, back. I'm, I'm back, baby. I'm back circuit. so hard. I'm back so hard. And this weekend proved it. Um, it was great. And like you said, I should have been six and oh, should have been six and oh, dumb penalty from Vettel at the end that cost me six and oh, but I'll take five and one. The King's back. Um, we'll see in France guys. Speaking of being back, Haas double points, Sam two weekends in a row, two Two weekends weekends in a row, row, Haas double points in tracks that are like pretty flowy. So I think we should probably see something big coming out of them. Shout out to our boy Seb from Alpine texting me saying that that the Haas cars looked freaking fast. Both Alpines up into the points as well. Esteban Ocon finishing P5. Hell of a race for him. Guys, I'm looking at the data right now. (laughs) This is so ridiculous. The top five cars were the only cars that didn't get lapped the entire race. And Esteban Ocon was like a couple seconds away from being lapped uh, by both Chuck and Max. 15 cars got lapped this weekend. Akon and Magnus, Akon and um, Schumacher were like the kings of, wow, those guys finished fifth and sixth. Like I had no idea that they were racing that good of a race until like the end. Um, It was one of those races where you couldn't really tell where anyone stood because of everyone was on different strategies and pitting at different times. So it was like hard to actually tell that these guys were racing great races at the time. And they finished and was like, shoot, like that was great race from both of them. Um, But with Haas, so they're they have they're the only team out there that hasn't had any upgrades so far this season. So for them to back to back weeks getting getting double points like that, they're they could be on the precipice of kind of like making a move up the leaderboard a little bit. I was really impressed with with both of them. I think Lewis was quoted as saying during the sprint, like, man, these these guys straight line speed's unbelievable. Like they're their cars fast. It's yeah, just I a think, matter of their, their we'll drivers can lot. get those cars across the line. I think we'll see a lot about what Haas is all about over the next two races and the first race after the summer break. Because yeah, um, if they if they bring in upgrades and 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 really really work on the car over that month period where you know they have all the time in the world to do it, 
Um, and that first race back, they really nail it. I think that will set the precedent for what we can expect from Haas for the remainder of the season. They're only 17 points behind Alfa Romeo for sixth. What they're going to pass Alfa Romeo by the end of the year. They're definitely going to pass Alfa Romeo. Yeah, and an anonymous weekend. I, I agree, Stefano. I agree, Sam. We'll see a lot what they're made of in the next two weeks. Although, first race week back after the summer break is uh, Spa. And I don't know about you guys, but are you pumped? I am so freaking jacked up for Spa. Two reasons, two things. First, though, one, I don't think Mick has enough in his jock to handle Spa the first week back after the summer break. K Mag, maybe, but like Spa is what these top drivers are like fiending for, especially the second thing. After last year, we got freaking robbed absolutely robbed of spa that was the one that like i think max was on pole and they got like two laps in under a safety car and gave half points which was a joke we got robbed robbed of so spa. stupid matt yeah am i safe in saying that spa is your favorite circuit i think it's top give me your top three favorite circuits hold on before you use top three we're looking at a outline of the spa track right here for our youtube viewers that matt gave me for my birthday so yeah it's safe to say it's it's, it's matt's favorite track my favorite track uh is definitely 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 spa i think my top three tracks gun to head right now without giving it a whole lot of thought i'm just gonna go right off the top of the dome here no preparation spa Austria, Bahrain. What about you, Sam? Brazil, Austria, Canada. Damn, I got him a bad gift. Damn. I wasn't going to, I just didn't want to repeat Spa's top one. But Spa's up there. Yeah, it's up there. I just, I I love Brazil. Yeah, you know what? Spa's probably my third. But Brazil, Interlagos, I love that track. Interlagos is sick. Stefano, top three tracks. Monza. Shit, Suzuka, I forgot about Monza. Suzuka. And uh, oh god. Green Hell. Imola. I'm t- I'm thinking like current circuits because the Nürburgring yeah. isn't on, on the calendar. And uh, the Imola's changed way too much from what it used to be. Oh damn. Honestly, circuit of, the, circuit of the Americas, number yeah, three. Yeah, Coda's sick. Code, yeah. Austin, Austin's kind of cool, but... Yeah, we got to give some love to the American that, circuit. That felt here. like a panic answer, though. That felt like a real a big, big panic track. answer. That felt like a panic Ooh. answer. Come, but, come, back, come back to me on that one. No, I'm too late. You've already locked it in. Your favorite right, track fine, is, fine, is fine. Coda. Monza, Suzuka, Coda. Yep. There you go. Lock it in. Own it, man. Just own it. You know, just own it. <laughs> I have no problem owning, owning Circuit of the Americas. It's a great racetrack. Yeah, I mean, you and Danny Ricardo, who honestly, it's about time he got back over to the points. I think he got by the skin of his teeth into P9. Lando again, outperforming I'm his team. I'm surprised both of them got into points because they were having some real issues with the cars on Friday and Saturday. It was brutal. But Sam, you broke some news over the weekend a little bit about what was going on inside McLaren. And I'm going to read what you sent us because I think it's getting a little bit a little bit spicy here. I think you said that uh, one of the American IndyCar drivers... Colton Herta. Colton Herta was getting his first taste of F1 machinery at Portimao. And he was inside the McLaren F1 garage 
broken by Will Buxton official. And actually, Sam, you broke it before Will did. But I think guys were getting much closer and closer and closer to seeing Danny Ricardo no longer in a McLaren, which, Sam, do you think you see Danny Ricardo in the red, white, and blue American Haas team with Top Gunther? Yeah, I mean, that would be so sick. That's where I think Daniel Ricardo belongs. Um, I, I look, they're probably not going to move Mick out of that seat. Yeah, I was about to I say, who's, whose place does he take? It's K-Mags. K-Mags is a, is a hired gun, I, I yeah. think, and he was a last-minute replacement this year, so it's, they don't really have any, like, you know, real ties to him after this year. So I think that's his seat. Uh, I think he fits in perfectly. I don't necessarily think it's going to be this Colton Herta guy coming through. I'm, I don't know anything about this, so I'm not going to pretend to, but apparently he needs a super license, which he doesn't have yet. And yep. he needs to have an incredible second half of the IndyCar season to, um, to get that license, qualify for that license and to get into F1. So I don't know, seems pretty far fetched at this point um, that he would be the one to take the seat, but um, we still don't know where Piastri is going to end up. Um, we, there's a couple other names out there that have floated around. Hey, so, yeah, I think that McLaren seat's going to open up. Um, and I hope that Daniel Ricardo ends up with Haas and that's a perfect spot for him. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I think, uh, I think he's a big time American fan favorite. And I think it's a match made in heaven for Haas to have Danny Ricardo doing like an American tour. I think you would take the pressure off him as a driver too. Totally. Absolutely. I think yeah. honestly being in a McLaren who's McLaren's fighting for that third slot, right? That's what they were. That was what their ambition was this year. They're not near it. They're like, I think like 250 points back, but like that was their ambition. We want to be third. We want to be back up fighting with the Mercedes. The Ferraris want to be closer in pace has not panned out. And they've got a superstar with Lando. Danny's kind of just past there. It. He's past it. The game's a little bit past him by um, guys. Austria, you know, not much more really to say about that. Stewart's kind of made a big, big stink of it. Um, shout out our boy at Williams. First, Alex Albon, pretty damn good race. I was saying to Sam Stefano, I want your take on this. For someone who doesn't have a whole lot of points to his name, he's put that Williams up ahead of some pretty big name teams like AlphaTari, like Aston Martin, um, Alfa Romeo, like that Williams, he's put that Williams up there and been pretty competitive with a car that we expected to probably be last on the grid. And for all intents and purposes, you know, our boy Ernie's right. just getting into the headset, trying to, trying to coax and coach yeah, Latifi yeah. around the track. <laughs> Albon didn't get uh, to Q3 like Latifi did though. Don't forget that. Yeah, but I think I think Alex Albon is the better driver, and results over the course of the wow, that's a bold take, man. Wow, holy shit! Like everyone's over the course of the season, have shown it. Stefano believes that just maybe Albon is a better driver than Nicholas Latifi. Just, just maybe, dude. Latifi was on on pace to set a record of uh, consecutive nineteenth place finishes. So don't even don't even dare joke about the goat Nicholas Latifi. He will, be, he will be in the points by the end of the year. That is, no, and no, we're throwing a party for it. When it I'll happens. put it this way. If Latifi ends up in the points, we're going to fly to Braxton and we're going to take Ernie Desiderio out for drinks because you know he would have willed that. Steak, dinner, and drinks on us, Ernie. Oh, seriously, steak, yeah, dinner. Pints, pints at the pub on the in the points, boys. Guys, I saw a hilarious, I think I sent it to you, a hilarious meme where it was like laps led and it was like one side was like, 
329. It was like max plus Nicholas Latifi. And it was like, like Latifi was this massively big one that like made Max look like he only had like a handful. And then it was like the rest of the field. And it was like 328. And it was like Max has led more laps collectively, but they threw in Latifi. Oh, it was, it was a riot. I almost um, want to feel bad for Latifi. But at the same time, I can't because he's a pay driver. Yeah, that's the big dynamic. If he wasn't a pay driver, I'd feel a little bit more bad for him. But like, same with Lance Stroll. I love Latifi. I've just grown to love the guy. I'm all in on Latifi. (laughs) What? Yeah, no, I'm I'm a Latifi since last week. Like Matt said, who don't you like? Yes, Latifi is certainly not one of the guys that I don't like. Honest to God, if I go you're through a, this dude, list, you're a mercenary. You are a I mercenary. Sure <laughs> Honestly, if I go through this list, I think I can pick out three people on this list. And these are probably the only three people that you like don't root for. One, number one, Max. I'm going to go down the list. This yeah, is going to okay, be yeah, painful. Yeah. Max is the only one. Then you you love Chuck. You love Checo. You like Signs. You like George. You like Lewis. You like Lando. You like Ocon. You like uh, this is one that's putting the maybe bodice. Probably not a big fan of. Yeah, no, no. I'm Alonso, so I've actually like, grown to like him a little bit this year, but yeah, no. I'm exactly. K Mag, you like Danny Rick, uh, you, Pierre Gasly. I'm I'm down on Gasly this year. Yeah, but you still root for him. No, Sebastian I really don't anymore. Vettel, Mick, uh, I'm not a Vettel Yuki. guy. You love not Yuki. a Mick guy. Yeah, I like Yuki. Joe Albon. Uh, yeah. You hate Stroll, Latifi, yep. and then I'll even toss in a bonus. Yeah, so that's like, so like I only like like Hulkenberg. 12 guys. Hulkenberg, yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big Hulkenberg like, guy. You like like 14 and you're lukewarm on like four and then you hate two. We need we need a tier list of guys you actually root for, guys you just like, and guys you yeah, can't yeah. stand. I'll put that together. But hey, wouldn't you rather be me liking all those oh, guys than be someone who hates everybody? Oh, I know. I'm with you. I like yeah, I you're like not wrong. Like a lot of these I, guys, I'm, a lot of these guys are tough to hate. I'll honestly, put it also too, when you've got so many guys fighting for like fifth through tenth, like you end up liking guys differently. Like yeah. I mean, I'm kind of lukewarm to signs. Like, I love seeing Chuck battle with Max. I love seeing Hamilton battle with those two guys up on the top. Like, I love good racing. I think, I think honestly, you're not a fan if you love boring, clear winner races. Like, that Agreed. stinks. Yeah. I love to um, see the old heads in Alonzo and Vettel get their cars in the points, too. Quickly, can we talk about Alonzo finger w- uh, wagging? That was Yuki so Sonoda? sick. That was so sick. Awesome. Dude, I, I that. couldn't even believe that he did that. Hold on. It hold was on, surreal. Hold on, hold on. That was one of the like more insane things I've ever seen. You know what it borderlined insane was when Lando lapped Ricardo and Monaco and gave him the wave as he went by. Yeah. yeah. Dude, give give us a finger for, wave, Stefan. For our for our listeners right now, uh, we're doing a great segment uh, for the podcast listeners. Stefano just put on a hat. Um, it's the I switched out of Max my Kimi Verstappen Red Bull flat brim hat, and he's saying how much he lo- no. He's wearing a Fernando Alonso Kamoa hat, number fourteen, and he just did a finger wave, um, replicating what happened with him and Yuki Sonoda in Austria heading into Turn Four this past weekend. Uh, guys, great great race, kind of a lot of fun. Really weird for like the strategy. Never really felt like we got like good hard battles. Everyone was kind of split at the top. Nobody really battled hard. Good win for Chuck. Um, good win for Ferrari. Back-to-back race wins for them and the constructors. So that's huge. Um, final thoughts, Not making Sam. up that much points, though. Nope. No, not really. They're still Sam. in the hunt. They're still in the hunt. This thing's not over yet. And I was about to put some dirt on the coffin, but 
I might exhume this thing and and not call it quite yet. Yeah, Damn, get those paddles reverse, out and uh, charge the paddles. Get those back for uh, for restart in that Ferrari heart. Um, the heart of the champion is uh, it's beating once again. Stefano, final thoughts. Great race in Austria. Looking forward to France, even though I'm not very big on the Paul Ricard circuit. Oh, I love uh, Paul Ricard. Nope. Core is much better. Oh, I love Paul Ricard Pardo. circuit. Anyway, anyway, uh, very much looking forward to hopefully a Ferrari one, two in France. Yeah. I, uh, I'm hoping for a, for someone to not make contact with Checo Perez. This would be hopefully a magnet for hopefully the third race. Um, hopefully we get one out of the last three races where he doesn't make contact with somebody and can actually, you know, battle and be a part of the, the team strategy, which would be sweet. Um, and last piece, like a little shameless plug for our merch. We got some sweet new new merch. So for our listeners, great merch. Check it out. Um, we got great quality shirts. We got the quality's the really high on them. Huge. And we got this big in the points logo on the back. It actually says fire it up. And we got hell Stefan yeah, wearing the hell yeah, brother. Hey Matt, how much does the merch cost? 30 bucks a shirt. And um I'll Man, hand that's so much it. cheaper than 31 bucks. It is. And um, the show one us, shirt. Show us, show us the receipts of you buying them and we'll do something special for you. Yeah. And last thing I'll say, be on the lookout. There's going to be two more items coming to market. I'll give a little sneak peek. One of them will say DRS kicks ass. And the other one might have a cartoon face of Sam wearing a Mercedes hat. And it might say Sam's bets followed Sam D.R. Russell. Hell yeah. Fire it up. up. Follow us on all, show, on all socials at In The Points. Follow me on all socials at Stefano Sedano. Hell yeah. Fire it up, brothers. A beer, a beer, a shop in the steer. A beer, a beer, let's bring my old beer. A beer, a beer, come give my old to me. A beer, a beer, here with dear. A beer, a beer, ich lab mir bleiben hier. A beer, a beer, wo bleibt der Kavalier? A beer, a beer, warten wir seit dir. A beer, a beer, jetzt hopp nicht zu, a beer. A beer, 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 a beer